Dr. Carl Menninger, a renowned psychiatrist, graduated from the Harvard Medical School with academic distinction, founded the Menninger Clinic in Topeka, Kansas, and years later wrote a best-selling book titled, Whatever Became of Sin? That's a great question. Whatever did become of sin? Like the prophet Joel, Zephaniah's theme is the awesome day of the Lord. He made it crystal clear why God's judgment was near for ancient Judah. Because they have sinned against the Lord. Today, we rarely talk about sin or acknowledge it as the source of pain, brokenness, and anguish in the world. Maybe it's time to diagnose the human condition the way God does. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Sin and Sin's Ability on this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis, and thanks for stopping by. Well, we rarely talk about sin anymore. And we certainly don't like talking about the consequences of sin, but God talks about sin many times in His Word. Today, Ron takes us to the book of Zephaniah as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. It's a book about the sin of man and the wrath of God, but it's also a book about the blessings of God. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out our digital library where Ron uses his 30 years of Bible teaching ministry to answer some of your toughest questions. Now here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Zephaniah, Wrath and Blessing. Carl Menninger graduated from uh, the Harvard Medical School with academic distinction. I mean, this guy just knocked it out of the park. A few years after his graduation, Dr. Menninger founded the Menninger Clinic in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, maybe some of you are old enough to remember uh, the, the Menninger Clinic. And that's where he practiced psychiatry. He founded a sanitarium, established a foundation, and gained worldwide fame. Now, as a practicing psychiatrist, Dr. Menninger refused to divorce his understanding of the human mind from the human will. Likewise, he refused to divorce good psychiatry from sound theology. He wrote many books during his uh, very successful career, one of which became a bestseller by this title. Think about this. Whatever Became of Sin by Dr. Carl Menninger. Now, I can't imagine a book like that um, selling today. I can't imagine a book with the word sin in its title gaining any traction in today's publishing world. It probably wouldn't even pass the publishing committee. Uh, they would just say, no, we're not, we're not going to do that book or a title to a book like that. 100 years after Menninger graduated from this elite medical school, we rarely talk about sin. We rarely connect it to um, the harsh and difficult realities of the life that we're living as, as a consequence of uh, sinful actions against the Lord. One well-known preacher of positive self-esteem boosting sermons admits that he rarely talks about sin because, well, it's too negative and too shaming. 
Um, for that reason, I, I doubt that his church has ever heard a sermon from the book of Zephaniah. You know, they just, they just don't go there, most preachers today. But you know me well enough to know that I, I believe in teaching the whole counsel of God, and that's why we're on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. We're going book by book, just taking it as it comes, not trying to explain away God's word, but, but trying to understand it in their context, when they received it many centuries ago, and its application for our context today. Now, like the prophet Joel, Zephaniah's uh, theme is the awesome day of the Lord. Remember when we were studying Joel, another Old Testament minor prophet that's only three books long, he, he, he spoke a lot about the awesome day of the Lord. Uh, most of the Old Testament prophets give reference to it, but Joel and Zephaniah really, you know, that's their main theme. Zephaniah probably wrote around seven, or rather 625 BC. Keep that date in mind. Um, he made it crystal clear why God's judgment was near for Judah, the southern kingdom. Chapter one and verse 17 gives the reason, are you ready for this? Because they have sinned against the Lord. That's it. That's the reason. Now he goes into some, some detail as to what that looks like, but the reason the awesome and terrible day of the Lord is near to them is because they sinned against the Lord. Zephaniah diagnoses Israel's condition correctly. The prognosis was not good, but like a shock therapy for the soul, God's righteous and just judgment was the prescription. Followed by, and I love this about all of the prophets, if, if, if you dare to read them and dare to uh, get far enough in any of their writings, that righteous and just judgment uh, was followed by the promise of redemption and restoration for a repentant remnant. Healing, not harm, is always God's desired end. And that's true with Zephaniah. If you start reading just the three-chapter book, Zephaniah, you, you may, you may uh, lose courage somewhere in the first or second chapter. Wait till we get to the end, because the balance of wrath and blessing is uh, very much on display in uh, Zephaniah. In fact, those are the two words that summarize this wonderful Old Testament minor prophet. These twin ideas of wrath and blessing um, serve as bookends and cannot be separated from the character of God. So in chapter 1 and verse 2, uh, the Lord begins with a warning to Judah. He says, I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. Uh, what a sobering word that is, and what a sobering judgment that is. And then uh, he concludes at the end of the book with a reference to something in Bible prophecy known as the millennial kingdom, and he says in chapter 3 and verse 20, at that time I will bring you in and restore your fortunes before your eyes. Uh, do you see the bookends there? Wrath on, at the beginning, blessing at the end. Uh, what Zephaniah says between the bookends there is a worthwhile study and, and might even make us wonder, well, whatever became of sin? Whatever became of it in, in our lifetime and the discussion of it. And if we travel all the way to the end of the ultimate road trip through the Bible, all the way to the end of the age, what becomes of sin and sinners at that time as well? 
Well, let's begin in chapter one. Zephaniah uh, starts with a strong historical reference in chapter one and verse one. And it's worth looking at because we don't always get this much historical detail that gives us some idea of who this prophet is. He says, the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Now from this opening verse, we learn, among other things, that Zephaniah was the great-grandson of King Hezekiah. And that makes Zephaniah among the 17 major and minor prophets of the Old Testament. It makes Zephaniah the only prophet of royal lineage, all right? He came from an elite family. Here he is, the great-grandson of the great King Hezekiah. And perhaps this is what gave him access into the leadership of Judah at the time, into the uh, political leadership of the time. It says that he ministered in the days of Josiah. Now, Josiah was a good king. If you remember our study of the Old Testament historical books and uh, that journey through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles, we came upon uh, King Josiah, who came to the throne in Judah in the southern kingdom at the age of eight. And by the time he was a teenager, his heart was burning hot for, for Yahweh. He loved God. Somebody brought him a copy of uh, the law that they found, uh, a dusty old copy in the temple, <laughs> blew it off, read the law in front of King Josiah, if you remember, and, and, and thus began the reforms. He realized just how far Judah had, had uh, strayed from the Lord. And King Josiah enacted these reforms that brought repentance, at least for a generation, to the people of Judah. Zephaniah was one of his contemporaries. Uh, Zephaniah might have helped Judah prepare and enact Josiah's reforms, might have even consulted with Josiah on the reforms. Uh, Zephaniah, earlier than that, grew up during the reign of Josiah's evil predecessors. You might remember King Manasseh and uh, Manasseh's son, two of the most wicked kings in Judah. Uh, they were in power when Zephaniah was growing up, all right? And, and he was growing up... Um, you know, not in the midst of a, of a righteous and just and holy culture. No, Israel had gone off the rail. And yet somehow, somehow, young Josiah and even Zephaniah became uh, followers of the Lord. Parents, here, here's a little uh, takeaway from this. You don't have to bubble wrap your kids and keep them so far away from evil and, school, and schools and all, all that kind of stuff. The Lord can still reach them and use them in the midst of uh, a difficult and uh, godless culture. Zephaniah grew up during uh, that kind of a time. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today's teaching comes from Ron's monumental series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Watch or listen to the entire series at your convenience in the Something Good digital library you'll find at somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, you can also download Ron's sermon notes for today's message. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Whenever you stop by, you're invited to share your prayer requests with us. 
Use the Explore feature at the top of the homepage where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team here will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. We may sometimes be tempted to look out our windows and cry out against the culture, but when it comes to sin, the place we should start is by taking a long look in our mirrors. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Zephaniah, Wrath, and Blessing. The description of judgment that follows in chapter 1, verses 2 through 6 is not for the faint-hearted. In fact, as Zephaniah gets started, he calls for silence. A reverential silence for what they're about to hear. And the Lord speaks through the prophet about sweeping away beasts and birds and the fishes of the sea. And the Lord declares, I will cut off mankind from the face of this earth. It's kind of a reference, a flashback to creation, as it were. And if you dig in a little bit deeper into the Hebrew language, there's a wordplay going on here. Uh, I will cut off Adam, Adam. I will cut off Adam from the face of the Adamah. In other words, I will reverse creation, reducing Adam to the dust from which he came is the idea. The Lord is serious about the, the way they've sinned against him and bringing judgment against them accordingly. Then the Lord pinpoints his fury against the inhabitants of uh, Judah and Jerusalem. They are idolaters, he says, quote, who have turned back from following the Lord who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Uh, this, uh, this whole opening scene serves as a reminder to us of what the Apostle Peter says in uh, the New Testament, that judgment always begins at the house of God. And this is a pattern that we find in the uh, Old Testament, major prophets and minor prophets. Judgment begins with Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Uh, let's remember, church, uh, to be careful about uh, uh, crying out against the culture. I know preachers who preach against the culture and get everybody in there, yeah, 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 you know, pre preach it hard against those, those uh, unbelievers out there. What do you expect unbelievers to do? Be followers of Jesus? If the culture is decaying, that's on us in the church. Why? Because Jesus said to his disciples, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Back in that day, salt was a preservative. They didn't have refrigeration. They packed meat and salt to slow down the decay. You take a piece of meat, put it on an open table, open air, it, it decays. It, 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 uh, it becomes rotten just that quickly. He goes on to say, when the salt has lost its saltiness, what happens? Well, they take the salt and they toss it on the ground and they trample, you know, on the salt under the feet of men. Sometimes I feel like, and I'm sure you do too, like your biblical values are being trampled under feet by men today, right? And, and, and the culture around us is decaying much like it was during Zephaniah's day. They, they had 
fallen into idolatry and immorality and just you know, religious syncretism and all this kind of stuff. Listen, judgment begins at the house of God. You get your life in order, I'll get my life in order. We'll get this church in order and we'll become the salt and light we're supposed to be and maybe only then can we save this, this culture that is on you know, a path to rapid decay and rottenness. We are where we are because of compromise in the church and in the pulpits of our land who want to preach self-esteem boosting sermons and not the whole counsel of God. All right, enough of that for now. Where am I? <laughs> Zephaniah quickly returns to a common theme among the minor prophets, and that's the awesome day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord, as we learned even under Joel and other prophets, is hardly a slap on the wrist to a few disobedient uh, children. Rather, the Lord's day of wrath is a swift, sweeping, and devastating destruction brought upon evildoers. On the day of the Lord, nobody is exempt from punishment, including, as Zephaniah says in chapter 1 and verse 8, including the officials and the king's son and all who array themselves in foreign attire. It took courage for this prophet to aim at the elite. Keep in mind, he, he was the son of royalty, but he did not exempt his own peer group and the elite among them. In Bible prophecy, the day of the Lord is near and far. It's immediate in the context in which it was delivered, and it's also ultimate. It's historical and it's eschatological. You got to keep that in mind as you're reading through the prophets. It had implication for their day and time. It also had uh, eschatological or, or, or prophecy implications all the way to the end of the age. Uh, to his immediate audience, Zephaniah says in chapter 1 and verse 7, the day of the Lord is near. Uh, the day of the Lord that uh, would bring the awesome and terrible wrath of God upon uh, uh, the disobedient children of God. And no doubt this was in reference to the Babylonians who invaded Jerusalem in three sieges beginning in 605 B.C. That date that I gave you earlier, 625 B.C., about 20 years before the Babylonian siege was Zephaniah's uh, ministry. Uh, the Lord says, at that time, uh, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, oh, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. In other words, God has no relevance in our lives today. We are secularists and we have, we've grown beyond all of that. Well, the prophet leaves no doubt as to what will happen to those who remained indifferent to the Lord's warnings. A few verses later, Zephaniah refers to the day of the Lord again, only this time he adds a superlative. He calls it the great day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord, verse 14, is near, near and hastening. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom. Are you still with me? A day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty embattlements. And then he says in verse 18, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. Again, a courageous way for this prophet to uh, include his elite peers 
of the wealthy and the proud and the haughty, those with resources. Now, as quickly as chapter one closes with uh, what Zephaniah calls a full and sudden end of Jerusalem, chapter two uh, gives us an opportunity to take a deep breath. And it begins with a generous call to repentance, a pattern we've seen in other prophetic writings. Don't you love how you know, the, the, the major and minor prophets, though they are not bashful about speaking just bluntly to people concerning the day of the Lord, but they weave into their writings uh, the calls to repentance. It's wrath and it's blessing. Wrath for those who do not repent, do not believe, and blessing for those who do. Chapter 2 and verse 1, listen to this. Gather together. Yes, gather, O shameless nation. Before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord, now listen to this, seek the Lord. All you humble of the land who do his just commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Uh, what an invitation that is. Are you seeking the Lord today? Are you walking humbly with him? Uh, Zephaniah writes with urgency, telling God's people to seek the Lord before the decree takes effect. And what we, what we understand in the timeline here is that Zephaniah was ministering again around, I'm going to say 625 B.C. It would be another 20 years before the Babylonians came in 605 B.C. Just another example of how long-suffering and patient the Lord is. He always gives ample opportunity to turn to Him. And one of those opportunities is today, friend. There's no question that we're witnessing a steep moral decline in our culture, but the place to start reversing this trend is in the minds and the mirrors of those who already know Christ. As Jesus said, first, get the log out of your own eye so that you will see clearly enough to get the speck out of someone else's. If you've missed part of today's teaching, or if you'd like to hear it again, visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66, from Chicago, Illinois, to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get Your Kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the Biblical Route 66. Join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, is now available as a two-volume set covering the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. For a gift of $50 or more, request your copy of the set. When you order the print books, 
You will also get unlimited access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volumes 1 and 2, through the Old and New Testaments, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible makes a great addition to any home library. Request both volumes today at somethinggoodradio.org. Now, here's Ron with a preview of tomorrow's message. Well, on the one hand, the day of the Lord is a reminder that the righteous God of heaven never winks at sin. Uh, he, he never passes it off as a mere sickness that requires man's self-help medication, if you know what I'm talking about. Sin is a serious offense to a holy God and must be judged by Him. Thankfully, the Lord Jesus Christ took that punishment at the cross. And we are delivered from the wrath to come, the Bible says, because Jesus was our propitiation. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Zephaniah, wrath and blessing. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis, thanks for listening.